Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Come on and give it up for Jesus. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on, if you love him, give it up for him. Come on, y'all. If Beyonce will be in the house, y'all be going crazy. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, some of y'all. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, if you love him, if you love him, if you love him, clap. Come on, if you love him. If you love him, shout hallelujah. If you love him, shout glory to God.
felt unfinished. I felt uncomfortable in this situation. So I became pretty good at outmaneuvering their efforts. If I saw somebody across the way, I would duck down the aisle. They try to catch my eye, I pretend I didn't see them. Sometimes my moves didn't work. Because, you know, us chubby people, we can't move too fast. So I would get trapped, and they would come, hey, God bless you. And I would end up trapped, tongue-tied, and feeling so whack. It wasn't that I was just shy, although there was that element. Growing up in a home of chaos, I learned early that my words could be misinterpreted. And so I retreated rather than try to speak up. Looking back on that season of life, I wish that I could, pull, I could pull my younger self up close and I would tell him, you know what, buddy, you're worth talking to. I wish that I would tell him that one day he would feel a little less unfinished in this area. I wish I would tell him that there was a God that was 100% tuned into the beauty of who he was becoming. And I would be honest with him and I would tell him, you know what, Edgar? We're all a little unfinished in some way. Even those who seem to live in easy confidence, even those who call out your name randomly across the room, even those that have a big smile on their face in church and they come up to you with the big hallelujah hug and the high five, even those people are a little unfinished. But I came to preach this morning and tell somebody these words, unfinished doesn't mean you're unworthy. Unfinished just means that we're still growing. I had no idea that one day I would become a speaker or that I would love nothing more than meeting a new friend. I didn't know that one day I would feel complete in God's hands. Like our verse reminds us, we are the clay. You are the potter. And we are all the work. Of your hands. So I want to ask a question this morning. Haven't you ever felt unfinished like I did? Felt insecure? See, if we're honest with ourselves and we would look around our church and, and you know, sometimes we don't realize that to our left and to our right are people that feel just as unfinished as we do. If you look to your right, there are broken people sitting there. If you look to your left, there are broken people sitting here. It's all over this room. It's in every single one of these seats. We are all unfinished people. And we are sitting here because we need Jesus. So I decided to start this message sitting here with you. Because the fact is that sometimes people think that just because someone got a mic in their hand that they got it all together. But there comes a time when even those of us that are in leadership, even those of us that preach, those of us that sing, those of us that travel, those of us that go all around the world proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, we need to take a moment and be honest with the people and let them know, I'm just as unfinished as you. I need the blood of Jesus just like you. 
There are days that I don't need, man, I don't want nobody to look at me when I'm angry. I don't want nobody to look at me when I'm in my moment of weakness. I don't need nobody to be sitting next to me in my car when somebody cut me off because I need to ask Jesus to step out for a second. Come on, can I have somebody be honest? We're unfinished. We all got that one coworker that got one more time. Come on, can I get somebody to be honest? We all got that one coworker. You got one more time. One more time to come at me at that top of wave. Because I'm going to really have to go to church and ask Pastor Mark to lay hands on me. Because I'm going to lose my salvation in a Puerto Rican second. We all got that one cousin that gets on our nerves. We all got that one aunt that always wears leopard to every single one of the family functions. Come on. She's single for the eighth time. Come on, y'all. I'm finished. So I wanted to sit here because I... I, I want you to understand that, that it's not about a stage. It's not about a microphone. It's about understanding that if we look to the left, if we look to the right, if we look behind us, and if we look forward, we're going to realize that we are all in the same position. Unfinished. And we need Jesus. Y'all can stop looking for me now. Jesus, he left his glory in heaven and he was born of a virgin. 
judgment. And he climbed on a cross. And he shed his precious blood to take somebody that was unfinished and let them know you are not unworthy. I died for you. And I died so that you would understand that you were worthy. So if you ever felt unfinished, if you have ever felt insecure, I want to tell you a couple of ways that help you feel better. Not help me feel better, and I pray that it would help you too. These are very practical. Number one, we need to acknowledge that there's work to be done, and that's okay. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror, and you just got to be like, you know what? I'm a work in progress, and that's okay. I didn't realize back then when I was going into that youth camp that some of the people calling out my name, they struggled with their own insecurities. We all battle this to some degree. You look at us, the pastors and the leadership and the, the people that are singing and playing instruments, and, and, and sometimes pastors, they see you from the end, from their chip, and oh, they got it all together. We don't got it all together, baby. The difference is that we have come to the realization that if there was a God that loved us so much that he would die on a cross, then I'm going to take my unfinished self up here and I'm going to give him all the glory that he deserves. Number two, we need to trust that God knows what's inside of us. See, secularly, I'm a child psychologist, and one of the hardest things is for our young people to understand that when you cannot speak what is inside of you, in this house, there is a God that knows what's inside of you. We're all waiting to be shaped with his tender touch. And most importantly, the more we trust God's abilities, the less power our insecurities hold over us. And number three, we need to start the growth process. And this is the hard part. But every single step we take helps us discover who we really are and what God already knows that we are capable of accomplishing. Can I testify that over time, that once also unfinished good-looking chubby dude <laughs> started taking baby steps. I had a conversation with a potential friend and I chose not to beat myself up over what I said or I didn't say on the way home. I started offering myself the same grace I gave to others. I embraced the truth that spiritual and emotional growth isn't a one-time deal, but rather a lifetime of discovery. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to make this declaration. God's hands are on our life in every area. And that's where the potter's wheel keeps turning. I'm still unfinished in many ways. Because trust me, I'm born and raised in the projects, and I'm Puerto Rican. That Latino blood starts boiling. Come on, any Latino people in the house? Yeah. 
You know what it's like? You told your child to put their sneakers in their room two times. You walk out and you trip over them sneakers. Jesus, I need you to leave my house. Because you gave me this child and I'm about to send them right back to you. in many ways. But the difference is when we switch our mentality, this becomes an adventure rather than an obstacle. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. To tell somebody I'm finished does not mean unworthy. For a moment, I want you to consider the beauty of a candle shining through the cracks of a small, ordinary clay pot in the dark of night. How does that change your perspective of those cracks? See, sometimes we think of ourselves as so broken and we're so cracked and we're so ugly that if, if someone were to just, just look at us in the plain light of day, we think that we're ugly and we're just unfinished and, and, and there are things in us that we need to be fixed. But when we put a candle inside that same broken and cracked jar and we turn off the lights, doesn't it become beautiful? I need you to realize that Jesus has placed a light inside each and every one of you. And through those very cracks, through those very unfinished areas, there is a light that is shining through and you are impacting everyone around you because people know that you are unfinished but you still come to church. You are unfinished but you're still trying. You are unfinished but you're still making So with Jesus as the light inside of you, how does it change the way you see your own I used to ask myself a question as I was going through this process of realizing that that unfinished doesn't mean unworthy. I kept asking myself this question, why does God care so much? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why? Why? Think about it. Jesus Christ is dying on a cross and as he's dying, he knows every single time you're going to trip, every single time you're going to mess up, every single time you're going to fall. He knew this. And he still died. Can you just imagine him dying on a cross and whispering your name? As he's dying, as the blood is dripping from his body, he's saying, I did this for you. See, I don't know about you, but that, that really gets to me. And I gotta ask myself, why do you care so much, God? You know, the word of God says in the book of Psalms 21 and verse 8, 121, verse 8, that the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. Man, Pastor, that's impossible. Man, there's billions of people in this earth. There's no way. Psalms 121 and 8 makes a proclamation that's hard to believe. The Lord watches over your going and coming both now and forevermore. Does the Lord really watch over me perpetually? How is this even possible? I don't even have a mental model for the mere scope of this assignment. That is until a friend of mine introduced me to an app called Runkeeper. Some of y'all use Fitbits or 
Apple Watches or whatever. But Runkeeper really impressed me. You know why? Because this app tells me how far I run, the average time per mile, and my overall time down to the second. It graphs the various elevations and shows me an overview map of exactly where I've run. If I showed you my friend's run history, you're going to see maps of beaches, mountains, all kinds of locations and terrains around the world. And here's what's, what's more amazing. Runkeeper not only tracks and records my locations, it does so for over 10 million other runners as well. So think about it. If humans can invent a piece of technology to track the steps of 10 million people simultaneously, is it that much of a stretch to believe that God can track each and every single one of us? I guess I see God is transcendent. He is above all. God is also imminent. He is near. Very near. How near? A few verses earlier, the writer tells us, the Lord is the shade at your right hand. That's how close he is to you, ladies and gentlemen. So now I have a mental concept of God's capacity to watch and track all of my comings and goings, now and forevermore. Yet I'm still left with one puzzling question. Why? Why? Why would God want to do this? Most of my days were making insomnia, I fall asleep. Personally, I love my routine and the minor assignments on my to-do list. I, I just can't see how, how this could be a good use of the divine creator's time. But the answer is not hard to find. It is stamped on almost every page of scripture. God watches over our coming and our going now and forevermore because he loves us, because he cares deeply for us, because he's so in love with you. Some of us are living our life as if God is mad at us. But God is not mad at you. God is deeply in love with you. And he is chasing you because he wants to save you. Hallelujah. I need to keep working with it. Come help me now, man. I remember sitting in the hospital room. The day that my nephew was born. Hear me, hear me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Hear me. Sitting in the hospital room the day my nephew was born. And he arrived in the world, and as he was in his incubator, it was the first time that I was an uncle. Anybody ever had that experience? I'm not a dad, so I can only talk about when I first time I became an uncle. And I remember I sat there, and he was laying there, and I was watching his every move, every twitch of his eye, every move he made to the right, to the left. You know, the babies, they become little boxers. <laughs> <laughs> and everything is cute. I can't even know me no more with my mom.
smirk on his face. It don't matter if it was gas. <laughs> it was a smile. about it. To anyone else that's looking at you watching this child, it will seem like a colossal waste of time. But not for me or for my family or for his parents. Why? Because we love that child. I love my nephew. You love your kids. So think about it. Could it be that this is how God feels about us? But with so much more depth and perfection, I need you to get this today. Because my nephew, as a newborn, had no clue of my intense love and protection over him. One day he will. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Unfinished in every way. But he's my nephew. And the same is true for us with our God. We wander through our life unaware that he has been tracking us morning and night. Listen to how the psalmist, he speaks about it. In Psalms 139, 1 and 2 says, You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Can you imagine the difference it would make in your life if you became aware of and accepted God's intense love and involvement in your life? I came to tell you this day, unfinished does not mean unworthy. And God loves you just the way you are. He knows how messed up you are. I'm messed up too. He knows how broken you are. He knows the areas of weakness that you have in your life, but that does not disqualify you from the love of God. He loves you every single day. He's watching you every single day. He's protecting you because he loves you. I'm 
young person, he loves you. I want to tell every woman in this room, he loves you. I want to tell every man in this room, he loves you. The way you watch these young kids as they're born in your family and you're looking at them and you love them and you track every single one of these moves with that level of intensity. Jesus Christ is watching you every single day and he loves you.
I'm only finished. But you're still worthy. I messed up. But you're still worthy. You're still worthy. He loves you. And Jesus is not going to give up on you. So don't you give up on him. Don't you give up on Jesus. Sitting in that seat where you are, don't give up on Jesus. This might be the day where you said, I'm going to try this church thing one more time. One more time, but if God don't do something, I don't know what's going to happen. If that's you today, I want you to bring that right now. Bring it up here. We want to pray with you. We ain't going to let you go. Unfinished does not mean it was my cross to bore so I could Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.